everyone. Welcome back to Gab with Gwen podcast. This is your girl, Gwen. And here we're going to do a little something different. A new show just premiered on HBO last weekend in the U.S. called I May Destroy You. And it is, I think it was created by the protagonist in it, the actress, her real name is Michaela Cowell. And I know her from Netflix show Chewing Gum, which I loved. So cringy, so over the top acting. She is a black British actress. I think she's super promising, super brilliant. And I saw Chewing Gum and I was done. I was like, yes, this is it. This is me. I understand this. And I remember I asked like a couple of my cousins, they're like, oh, that's a little bit weird. It's too over the top. I said, okay, this is, this is so me. So it depends on your type of humor, what you're into, but I do think chewing gum was critically acclaimed. So young burgeoning talent from the UK. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you know that I stream everything. So I actually don't see commercials like I have a fire tv I stream everything so I don't always see commercials that you guys are seeing plus I'm generally not paying attention so I didn't even know the show was a thing until someone on Twitter was mentioning it maybe the day before and then Trinity who's been on past episodes is like oh are you going to watch this I was like I don't even know anything about it but I am going to watch it so it came on after Insecure and for those of you who know me well, you know that these come on Sunday in the U.S. So it's squeezed in between 90 Day Fiance. So I really had no idea what it was. I knew it was a new show by her, and that's it. I've been waiting for Chewing Gum to come back. I may destroy you. No context. I was distracted by the tweets for 90 Day Fiance. And so I'm watching it. I'm like, mm, I don't really know what's going on. She starts out in Italy. She has the questionable pink wig. I love pink hair, so don't think I'm shading it because of the color because I'm a person who loves pink hair. So I don't have any problem with Michaela, whose character's name is Arabella, okay? I don't have any problem with Arabella having a pink hair, but the, the wig was a little janky, like, you know, you could shift it to the side. So anyway, she's in Italy. She's standing outside with, like, a... Middle Eastern looking dude to me and like brownish dude and it looks like they've been hooking up but he's not really into her like that and she really tried it where she was really trying to like be like hey you know are we something blah 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 and he was like nah fam peace he's like I'm not going it was was just he just curved her basically so the season starts out with her in Italy getting into a taxi going back to the UK like we know she's flying home to the UK And she's getting curved by some dude she sees in Italy. So that's not cool. And she makes a comment like, oh, they think I'm here to work. So we're like, okay, we don't really know what's going on. So when she gets back to the UK, we see the scene where she is on the phone. And then we start to get the context that it looks like she's some type of writer. And she has some agents or some book company, publisher or something who are on her about a deadline and she's not comfortable and she's faking it till she makes it. She's not remotely prepared. And she makes a comment to her, I guess her roommate, like, Hey, you know, this is different. Her first thing was for Twitter. And she just feels, I guess, pressure from these corporate people pushing her. And so she's like, okay, she's going to have to 
basically pull an all-nighter so she can knock it out to get it ready like early the next morning to submit it. And then she told them like, hey, I'm going to work in your office space. And they're like, okay, cool. So she, one thing I want to say is that she, when she was in Italy getting curved on the the curb, okay, she was getting curved on the curb. She got a text about like going out that night from someone named Simon. We don't know who Simon is, right? So now, fast forward, she talked, you, you got this context of her talking to the agents, blah, blah, blah. Then she ends up in the office, goes to the office to actually work. And then one of her friends, I guess a homeboy, comes by and, you know, it's kind of they're talking through it and she's like kind of bored. And then she gets a call from some dude who's like, come out. So I'm assuming I haven't put two and two together because I don't know. So I'm getting the impression that the guy who texted her when she was in Italy is the same guy, Simon. I think it's him, right? And then we get the contacts through some flashback and like, look, this is my memory we're going off of, which isn't great. Then we see a separate scene with Simon and his wife who are like getting ready to go out. His wife is also in a bad wig, okay? So theme, okay, I'm gonna, this is gonna be an ongoing theme so far. These wigs are struggle city. My God. I mean, I don't know if this is supposed to be realness. Like, what is going on with these struggle-ass wigs? But anyway, so his wife and her struggle wig and him are getting ready together to go on a date. But we realize it's a threesome date. Like, they're trying to set up a threesome. He shows a girl on the app. The wife is like, oh, it's cool, blah, blah, blah. But they... He allegedly has an American cousin in town. (laughs) Wish that accent was terrible, bruh. But his American cousin's in town. And okay, fine. So we see a scene like at a lounge or a club where I'm assuming this is Simon. Okay, so let's call Simon allegedly until we're confirmed in another episode. I think this is Simon and his wife uh, are there. Um, and this cousin who's allegedly American with a bad accent, which is not from America at all. And the girl rolls up. So the girl from the app comes up. She's like, oh, you know, kicking with the girl. The wife is really into her. The husband looks like he ain't into it at all. The, the cousin is off to the side. So I'm, let's, let's pause here. So I'm like, yo, it took me a while to realize what was going on. Like I heard threesome date, but like I said, I was really into Twitter. So I wasn't paying attention. I will tell you, I had to watch this show twice based on, like, when we get to the end, you'll understand why I watched it twice. Because I had to go back. Because I was like, wait, I was not paying attention. I didn't expect this. So the cousin's in the cut on his phone just chilling while they're arranging a threesome. This is very strange. Like, I don't even understand. I'm like, is this is this how we do? Like, I'm close to my cousins. Would I be chilling in the cut with my cousin's spouse while they try to, like, interview someone for a hookup or a threesome it, it's this is i was like is this black behavior is this what y'all is doing is this is this what y'all niggas doing and i'm not going to even put it to uk thing is this what y'all doing or is this a uk thing is this what the black brits are doing i'm confused and look i'm not judging i was just like is this how things work like your cousins in the cut when you're trying to skeet skeet with some chick off an app i don't know but okay cool 
So I get the impression that this is Simon because he wanted to, I guess they wanted a distraction for the fake American accent cousin. And the distraction was supposed to be Arabella. I don't know. His wife was low-key talking shit about Arabella, by the way. So anyway, the the girl from the app is like, oh, you guys went together eight years. That's so cute. I can't last that long. She's like, oh, I, I, she's like, I bring a lot of drama and I suffer from depression. Like she's giving all these things, which to me were like, bro, uh, who says that? Who says this? Like, that's not, if you're trying to really get it off with these, this couple, like you, you're saying absolutely the wrong things, but listen, the wife was about it, about it. She didn't really care. So then suddenly the girl, I don't remember her name. Maybe it's Alyssa. Maybe it's Alyssa. The girl starts to, she gets a call and she puts on this little fake look. She's like, Oh, it's my mom. Something's wrong. I have to go. And then she leaves. So for me, as a person who is a connoisseur of dating apps, I was like, okay, that clearly looked like a setup. Because basically, if you're doing a date and someone calls you, that's like you're not feeling it. That's what I got from it. So I was like, that little call was a little bit of a setup. Plus the way the girl was talking. I was like, this is not realistic at all. Like people don't, this is not how it would go. Even if you're trying to make a point, like it just was like, I was like, this is a little bizarre. So it was just a little off. She did not have on a bag wig because she's bald. Shout out to her. Okay. So anyway, basically the husband and the fake American accent cousin are on their phones and the wife gets bored. So she's like, okay, I'm gonna leave y'all. And she bounces. So next thing we see is Arabella pops out. And it looks like she set her alarm because she was going to like just go for a little bit and come back home, right? Just to get a little bit, you know, I guess a little something, something. So when she goes out next, you see her, she sees presumably Simon again. I don't know if that's Simon. She sees him in the street and she does like, you know, a soul brother handshake, a soul brother dance, whatever she does. And it's like cool. His cousin with the fake American accent kind of low-key shades her. He's like, I thought you would have been taller. I was like, okay. And she's like, whatever. And then we get a little bit more context because like a girl with another bad wig, okay? Another one with a bad wig comes out and is like, oh, I'm a fan. Did you write like something, confessions of a millennial? Something about frustrations of a millennial? Something about a millennial she wrote. And the girl quotes it and the two of them, Kiki and a girl asks for a photo. So we see that she's like, you know, low-key, like, maybe, like, D-list, E-list celebrity, but still, you know, it's a thing, girl. Listen, I'm not shaming you, but I'm just saying, like, she has a little fan base. So, no big deal. Next thing you know, they go into, like, I'm assuming, I don't know, was that a karaoke bar? I don't know what it was, or if it was a, a lounge something, and next thing you see, Arabella's on stage, and then she's, she's spitting some real verses. She's doing, she had a good little flow. She was doing her little thing on stage. I was like, oh, hey, okay, garage, all you little UK people with your little things that y'all be doing. Cute, cute, cute. Like, it was cute. She had, you know, very multi-talented, multifaceted. And so you saw her do her little shine hit thing on stage. And in the crowd, you see presumably Simon and the cousin in the back. Now, I'm going to tell you where I got confused and me watching it two times helped me. So when I first saw it, I saw that presumably Simon, allegedly Simon, looks on his phone and is like, I told you she wouldn't figure it out. Like he gets a text from someone and it says that. So when I first saw it and I wasn't paying attention, I thought he 
was texting his fake American cousin and showing it to him. And they were like agreeing because the guy's standing behind him. But that's not what happened. When I looked a second time, the text message was actually from Alyssa. All right. And he was like, oh, I told you she would never suspect it. So when the first time I watched it, I was confused because I was like, wait, is this about Arabella? But when I actually watched it the second time, I realized, oh, no, 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 no. It was between allegedly Simon and Alyssa, the, the, the girl for the threesome, who's texting him directly. So I was like, hold up. This was a setup. Okay. So lo and behold, next thing we know, they're like in a bar or something and... You see, again, presumably Simon, the fake American accent cousin, and Alyssa is there too. So clearly, this is a setup. Like, this is his side piece. Niggas are so trash. This is his side piece, yo, that he did a whole storyline with his wife about a threesome, all this stuff, so that they could pretend they want to hook up with her him to act like he wasn't interested for her to do this act like she's crazy and went away like that's like a lot like niggas do so much oh my god like bro if you want a side piece anyway that's a whole tangent so i was like wow the levels to the trash and the levels to which motherfuckers will do shit now unfortunately i believe this man had a jamaican accent at some point so Hey, that's what I remember. I could be wrong, but that's what I remember. But I will say something that actually did stay in my mind. When there was a scene when they were at home with him and the wife, they were just a little bit, she made like a small comment like, oh, if you want to delete the app. So I'm going to think that was some foreshadowing, like this motherfucker been in the streets and maybe she's gotten over it. And again, if he's Jamaican, like I suspect he is, then, you know. I know my people. Y'all know how y'all do. So that wouldn't be surprising. So I, I'm sure there are a lot more layers to that story. But clearly Simon, if that's Simon, is a snake. And he did. he's doing the absolute most for a side piece. Like that. that is not even cool. I was like, why would you go through all that work? That just seems like a lot. But sure. But anyway, yeah, and that just seems so messy because now she, anyway, that just seems so messy. So next thing you know, he's in there with it the, and they get shots of tequila from I I don't know somebody in there I don't know who knows who like because allegedly Simon was like oh to old friends new friends so I don't know who was who you know I mean I don't know how and I'm saying it from the perspective Arabella like how many people she really knew well or not the only person I think she knows is Simon who's clearly a snake because look what he did although I'm confused so Arabella knows that he's out like this but I don't know like Sure. I don't think she's friends with the wife because he said that the wife calls her ugly. So there you go. So anyway, they take shots. And then all you know is that she's like stumbling and crazily drunk. Like she's dancing. But then there are scenes where she can't like she's falling. She can't hold herself up. So for me, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Yo, she got drunk. Like, yeah, I, I think there's stumbling drunk, but the way she was and the way it was, the imaging was, and by the way, this is filmed very beautifully too. So just the way they did the lighting and everything, I was like, wait, I'm thinking she was drugged. I thought that immediately. I was like, something ain't right, you know, with this. So anyway, then you're kind of going into scenes. She's typing like crazy, you know, setting off the draft. Um, She takes a shower. She's still back into like that studio place where they have it. And then it's kind of like kind of doing flashbacks and all this stuff. She goes into the office with the editors, you know, or whoever they are, the the books people. 
And they're looking through it. They're like, um, is this finished? Where, where, where did you go? So I thought, okay, I thought she had been drugged or she had done some wild drugs maybe, but I, no, nah, I just, nah, that was drugs. That, that wasn't, that wasn't, mm-mm. I didn't get that, that she was like high. It was definitely like drunk, but like in a daze in, in, it was just like, to me, pretty obvious from the beginning. So she's like, oh shit, did I? So she's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. So she goes to the bathroom. She looks through it. Like, she's like, oh shit, what did I write? <laughs> and then she comes back and she's kind of like, oh, and then they're like, oh, you're bleeding. Like she has like a, like a spot on her head. She's bleeding. And it, it becomes, it becomes very abstract where you're like, where are we in terms of the time? Like, you're not sure. You're not sure if the sequencing is right. Like it's, it's very confusing as to like what's going on. So she does that. Then you see some, it looks like flashbacks where she's walking through the streets of London or it might not be flashbacks. Maybe she just left the office. She's like, where, how do I get to this location? You know, she meets, she keeps asking people. Finally, a girl recognizes her. They laugh about the book. You know, again, like she knows her from whatever book she has. And then the girl puts her in a cab. And then it looks like she's walking upstairs into her, her home. And when she walks up to her home, she kind of turns her, she turns the bathroom knob, goes into the bathroom. And then she has like a flashback. You see some white dude violating her in the bathroom, in the bathroom. And, but you know, it's violent and you, you see, you know, and then it like ends. Like she, she kind of flashes. And then she turns her head to the side like, mm, that's it. And the episode ends. I went through like all the mechanics of the episode because it, it's new and it's new to all of us, especially here in the U.S. I think in the U.K. they might be a couple episodes ahead of us. I Googled it and I was like, oh, I see three episodes. We've only seen one. So I assume they've seen more in the U.K. So that took a turn. I was like, okay, this turn left. What? What What? What? what happened? <laughs> huh? Like I was so confused so to me she feels like she's getting violated raped in the bathroom because it was kind of hazy the way they filmed it and we don't have a lot of context it's the first episode and it's 30 minutes which means it's really 20 minutes we don't have the context but that's a heavy subject right that's obviously a heavy subject a sexual assault and I think consent is probably going to come is going to come down to consent in all of this so it was heavy. Like, that's why I went back and watched it again. Because I was like, wait, what? What happened? How did we get here? Like, I, I, because I had no context for what it was about, I was like, yo, I don't even know what this is. I don't know what genre this is. Because I started, heard people saying comedy. I said, is there comedy in this? I ain't seen no comedy. But it was a drama night, and it was well done. Like, I'm going to keep watching this. I'm so curious where this goes. It was triggering that last scene for different reasons honestly I was like wow we're going there and this is an important thing to go there and I think this is going to be something that is hard for a lot of people to watch sexual assault is a huge problem across the world in society and a lot of times it's with people you know and this is and then when you start to put in elements of drinking, drugs. I think maybe she did coke at one point. I don't remember. 
I think I saw people on Twitter saying that. I saw it twice. I didn't see her do coke in either of those two times I saw it. But I saw them make a gesture like she was going to do it. But I didn't actually, I don't recall seeing her do it. But again, it's a heavy topic. And it's also unique for us to be seeing it from a Black perspective. I don't think we actually, I can't even recall where we've, I mean, outside of like a Tyler Perry movie, uh, which, come on, I'm just saying, which a lot of times, you guys know the Tyler Perry tropes. That's a whole other story. But like actually done in a realistic and modern way, you know, I, I do think, and from what I saw on Twitter, and I agree, this probably is going to be addressing issues of consent, especially when it becomes hazy when, and it's not hazy, but let's say for argument's sake, it's hazy when there's drug or substances involved or drinking. You know, to me, it's not actually hazy, and but, you know, we'll continue and see how it goes. I will tell you, I do want to make this kind of a regular thing. And so it's Trinity. I know watches it. So she'll be the next episode that comes out. She'll be on that. She'll be on it where we'll both talk about it. But so just my initial thoughts. Yeah, I was just shocked. I was like, wow. And we're going there. And I I think it's going to be triggering, but I think it's actually a great thing. I also think Michaela is hella talented to go from chewing gum to this. She's very obviously multifaceted and can do a lot, right, to, to really tackle this hard subject. I didn't know this, but when I was texting with Trinity because I said, hey, let's do some episodes about this, she said she did a quick reading up on Michaela, and she has greater respect because really it, it looks like Michaela had, was a victim, or she is, well, I shouldn't say victim, Michaela is a sexual assault survivor, and that happened when she was writing season two of Chewing Gum. So this is really more of an, an art imitating life situation. I have mad props for her. This is going to cut across the board, resonate with a lot of women, I'm sure even resonate with some men, and it's an important subject to tackle, and it's going to bring up a lot of issues. I I can tell you something, you know, um I had a falling out with let's I don't know if we want to call them friends, with some people who I was cordial with and particularly one guy. And it was over, you know, it's funny, it was over Harvey Weinstein and when that came out and it's funny like you can talk politics, what I've seen in my experience like politics, race, all of these are sensitive subjects. But really where I see the claws come out and where it becomes like such a difference of perspective and thought is when it comes to sexual assault. I'm telling you, this is where, for me, like you guys think these conversations of race and I'm thinking Black Lives Matter. Yeah, these are hard, right? And it's hard for non-Black people to acknowledge the systemic racism, oppression, white supremacy, yeah, that that's that's a that's a battle. But another battle that's really real is when you really get down to what people think is sexual assault and consent and how women are often blamed. And it's not only women, but I'm just going to say primarily that's narrative we have, right? Where women are often blamed like, "Well, how were you dressed? What did you do?" Like that same guilty until proven innocent applies a lot of times when it comes to these sexual assault allegations or situations. 
you listen it's not the same as black thing but i'm telling you it's, it's like a uphill battle where everyone is scrutinizing the woman like no 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 what did she do what you know you did that you should have done that the minute this happened why didn't you do that then it means it was your fault like it's it is really intense and it is something that for me has a lot of times caught me out of left field of how pervasive victim blaming is and how the lines are can be really blurry to certain people and how women have to defend I knew women had to defend themselves that wasn't surprising to me I know trust me on money levels uh, I'm just saying that the, if you want to talk about a shake the table issue something that is polarizing where people really can fall out and just the difference of opinion it comes down to like yo your character does not sit well with me. It is this issue. It really is. And, and it's, it's similar. It's not the same. And I'm not trying to make it congruent. So don't think that I'm doing that because I don't want to diminish it. But as a black woman, I'm telling you, this is where, like I'm telling you, men, I've dated all these things. I, you know, I've heard men call women, oh, you're misandrous because of like Bill Cosby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking like, well, what were they doing there? And even women doing it. Why? Well, why were they, why were they there? They know they wanted something from him and like upholding that the men are so right. It's crazy to me. I, I'm like, why is it so hard for people to believe that men will victimize women, that men will take advantage of women? Why is it so hard? I don't know. Yeah, I know there are a few cases that, especially when it becomes involving money and power, that some women will try to use that opportunity. But I believe it's like if such a low percentage, I think less than 3%, 4% of sexual assault cases end up being fraudulent. Like, it's it's just not a common thing. Now, it, it does happen again when I said when someone has money or athletes or power that's where you may see I think an uptick just because there is something to be gained but there, there's nothing to be gained by getting your your character assassinated shit that shit is fucked up to get your character assassinated because no one believes you and you're going to be dragged this is why women don't say shit and what was you know interesting bring it back to I may destroy you is that you know obviously something happened I'm guessing because we haven't seen it and I'm not looking at any spoilers was she drugged or was she drunk at her ass and plus did some, you know, illicit substances? I, I don't know. Either way, does that warrant some random white dude that she didn't know violently fucking her in the bathroom? Let's be real. That wasn't any type of like, oh, I mean, come on. From what we saw, right, that doesn't look like any consensual I'm having a good time. And she also, her head was banged up and bloody. Right, and then she was she was stumbling out of the bar. Like, I, where were her friends, by the way? Where were her her alleged friend, if that's Simon? Where was he in all of this? And then the problem I have is like, yo, did he set her up? Right, because now Simon's looking real shady, because he did this whole elaborate scheme with his wife, and he was insistent on her coming out that night. So she goes in there. They're giving drinks, blah, blah, blah. If she's drugged, were you in on this? Is this your homeboy? Like, what's going on? So there are definitely a lot of questions, honestly, after that episode to be answered. 
I I think this will be a good conversation piece, but I'm going to warn everybody. I'm telling you right now, I don't know where the direction of the show is going to go. They could make it very gray. They might make it black and white, but either way, in my personal experience, if you want to see a topic that is polarizing, it is this. When we talk about sexual assault and consent, and then especially when we get into the ter- territory of there being drugs or alcohol involved, whoo! You're going to see that people have very different opinions. Now, on social media, I know people like to be SJWs and social justice warriors, so everyone might be saying the liberal and PC shit. But if you have people who will tell you the truth, you'll see that that's not the case, right? And so for me, this podcast is not a place for me to just say liberal PC shit. It's just to speak from the heart at that moment. People change their hearts. People change their sentiments. And I recognize that. And even for myself and other people, the point is not to just say some SJW shit, but I I just want to be clear that this is a very polarizing topic and it will be very interesting to see what the social narrative is, like in terms of social media about this as it plays out and how she copes. Because she was disassociating. And then also due to whatever it is, where it could be the alcohol, it could be the drugs, or just denial, she's blacked out. So the pieces will probably flash back here and there. I know what that's like. I've experienced that too, where pieces kind of flash back to you. And you're like, wait, what? So I thought it was great. Like she, I think she did it brilliantly and to learn that she herself has gone through this um it looks like she's really kind of showcasing her own story right because she was and it happened when she was doing chewing gum too so it's kind of like oh people know me blah 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 and who's to say so definitely art imitating life i think it's great that she's brave enough to you know within a fairly recent time to be to use this as i hope a cathartic moment to showcase and tell her story and use her voice and use her influence because a lot of times you can't. And then I would also say shout out to Showtime for, I'm sorry, is it Showtime? HBO. Shout out to HBO for allowing her to tell the story, right? And have a black female voice. Also, I'm actually glad that it's British. I I do like seeing other non-African American black narratives. I think we need to see that too. You know, I always say that African-American images, although we don't have enough and there's still a ways to go within the U.S., they still dominate the discourse and the presentation of the black experience globally. And there's a multitude of black experiences. So I'm happy that we're getting to see this weekly. I also am happy to see that we're from a, I'm happy to see it's right after Insecure. So hopefully capitalizing off that audience. I'm, I'm happy to see dark skinned, beautiful women as well. You know, that has also been something that we haven't seen in TV often, to be honest, you know, especially growing up, we haven't like, you know, it's always a light skinned wife. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because obviously, the black community, we have that but we do over rotate and index on that, where the wife is light, fair skinned, she's light skinned, or ethnically ambiguous or black ish. So it's actually it is also refreshing to see dark skinned women on both insecure, and I may destroy you. Plus, it's British, which I love. So we're getting to see that multitude of the black experience and tackling a very sensitive but necessary topic 
to have this conversation dialogue. Let's see where it goes. I don't know, you know what I mean? But I'm definitely tuned in. And I think she did a good job. I will say in the beginning because, uh, okay, you know, I got to get a little criticism. I wasn't, if, if you weren't paying attention, you might, you might be lost in the episode. Honestly, if you were not paying attention, you might be like, Yo, I don't, I don't even know what I just watched. And I think that's fair. I saw some people say that, and I think that's fair. That's why I watched it a second time. Like, wait, I need to actually pay attention because I can't passively watch the show because obviously there's supposed to be some clues I'm picking up. So there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying that, you know, some people were lost and maybe may not want to continue to watch it because of that. But I hope that they give it a second chance and, you know, are going to watch it this coming weekend again, you know, on Sunday, because I do think that this is beautiful and I think it's black excellence. And I think it's a very necessary, it's very necessary and something unique that we haven't really seen before. So, you know, shout out to her. I'm, I'm really into it and let's see how the season continues and you know I imagine she'll probably have some type of breakdown or some difficulties as she gets flashbacks and tries to piece things together and man I hope her little shady ass friend if that's Simon did not do her dirty like that and set her up but I oof 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 there's layers there's levels to this there's levels to this so that's my review. I, I think it was good. I think it's definitely worth watching for all the reasons I've stated before. Let's stay tuned. So follow me at Gab with Gwen on Twitter because I will be tweeting about it. Um, again, 90 Day Fiance does take priority. So if it happens to conflict, you'll have to wait till the next day. But otherwise, I'm really looking forward to this and continuing the conversation because these this the subject of consent sexual assault is sensitive and it's not hard for me to talk about to be honest but I know that people have really different views on this and it's polarizing R. Kelly Bill Cosby like people eventually came around but there were women and men who were the biggest defenders of him they still are to me that's crazy but that's the reality. So I imagine we may see that type of mixed feedback over the next few weeks of watching this. And I'm curious to see what type of dialogues we open up within the Black community and, you know, outside as well. It's a thumbs up from Gwen. So till next time, peace. Peace.